happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode here of the Side Guys Football Forum. I'm one of your co-hosts, Norman Desai, joined as always by my good friend, my good buddy, the other half of the Side Guys, Mr. Tad Desai. And Tad, we sort of talked about this the last couple of episodes, that once we get in season, we sort of fall into routine. So if you caught the episode um, most recently, that was our waiver wire episode to obviously get you prepared for the waiver wire week. We dropped a lot of great names out there. I got, get this, I got Jacoby Myers after the waiver uh, period. Yeah, your league's weird, man. It's so weird. <laughs> I, I put I, I put in know. four requests really for running don't. back to replace J.K. Dobbins. I didn't get any of those, and I was like, "Fine, who I got?" I saw Jacoby Myers there. I was like, "Ooh, okay." And I was, you know, I will take that consolation prize. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, but yeah, so we do our waiver wire stuff at the beginning of the week, and now we're coming towards the end of the week as we get closer to week two action here. We're going to talk about some start sits here. And yeah, we as we sort of close out the episode, we're going to talk about some sports bets. Yeah, that you can we make. are. Specifically, specifically NFL bets, I should say, because we don't really go into yeah, the other yeah. sports as well. It's mainly just NFL bets for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is just um, getting you ready for the weekend here in week two, making sure all your leagues are good to go with all the start sit, sit decisions. Um, we're not going to give you the obvious ones. So, you know, Joe Burrow's like, you know, automatic start, you know, no. some of those things like, you know, we're going to avoid those days. We're going to give you some of those decisions on some of those guys where it's like, you know, should I consider this guy the flex? Should I consider this guy like my wide receiver too? Should I start this tight end over another tight end? It's like, we're giving you those options as our start sit picks, as opposed to like, you know, your obvious ones of like your Lamar Jackson's, your Christian Caprys, your Justin Jefferson's. Obviously, it's like you're starting those guys. You well, start your. Well, if you're if you're waiting to start Justin Jefferson, it may be a little bit late for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, little you bit, might have missed the boat on that one just yeah. a bit there. Um, but yeah, Tad. I mean, let's just sort of jump right into the action here. And I sort of I know I usually pass it off to you here first, but we usually split up our start and sit picks. We usually have three of each, and we just you know widespread across all six positions that we cover here. So you actually chose a sit at the quarterback position. So I'm going to start with my start at the quarterback okay. position because I feel like that's just naturally you should start start with start on positive. positive note. Start yeah, exactly. positive. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I and you. I think I it's good for me because I'm starting with you know what am I you know. Picklet's sort of close to home here. He had a fantastic oh, week. Good God, in week we go. one, oh my there's God. a lot of talk about you just like, homer. you know, Jesus. if he didn't get hurt here last season in the mm-hmm. championship game, would yep, the Niners nope, have yeah, been in the Super Bowl? Won it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, debate about that. We'll you see were robbed. He is the best draft seal of all time. He's the next Tom Brady. Go ahead. My Lord. I think it's a little too uh, too early to call the best draft steal of all time. Clearly, you have not been listening to your own fan base. Well, okay, yeah, there's very much why I don't listen to him. <laughs> I need to take these things with a grain of salt. Like, the guy you listed right after him, Tom Brady, like, he is clearly right now the best draft steal ever, probably, in the history of the NFL draft. So, maybe Purdy will eventually get to those points. I don't think he will, just with all that Tom Brady accomplished. But I'm just hoping, like I said before, Ted, that just this quarterback drama is over in San Francisco. Oh, like, God, we I'm found sure. our guy, I'm hopefully. Sure. And so, with this week, like, I mean, Ted, you actually brought him up during our waiver wire episode because his next couple of matchups are actually They're very good. favorable. And that's why I like him as a start this week against, sorry, LEFP Network, but against the Los Angeles Rams. And I mean... Here's one thing that I actually shared in our Slack channel. Um, I saw this on Twitter tab, but this is the first time, and it makes sense that this is the first time, but this is the first time that a former number one overall pick of an NFL draft is playing against the final pick of an NFL draft. And I mean, if you look at some of the Mr. Irrelevance of the past, I mean, it sort of makes I'm sense. On it. I, mean, the, I think the only quarterback that was drafted other uh, besides Brock Purdy in recent memory that I can remember was Chad Kelly. Out of Ole Miss, I don't know if you remember Chad Kelly. He's the uh, son of Jim Kelly. Of course I remember him. He started a fight at a high school game when he was in college. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, son of Jim Kelly, but just, yeah, unfortunately, just it didn't really live up to that same pedigree that Jim Kelly was able to lay out in the NFL. So, yeah, Brock Purdy, though, he has been looking the part so far. Um, Really, like I said, just picked up where he left off last season. He's looking like he has command of that offense. He's more comfortable. He's fighting the open receivers. He was absolutely able to tear apart the Pittsburgh Steelers defense with all the talk that Patrick Peterson was able to do on pregame before that game against the Niners. He totally got smoked every time by Meredith Ayuk. So uh, Brock Purdy was able to find this guy. I think what we could see against this Rams defense here with just, you know, 
we're talking about sad, just a lot of inexperience. I mean, they got Aaron Donald, but besides that, it's a lot of young guys, guys who are not usually starters. They're usually rotation players. So I think just with this offense, just the way that they were clicking against the Steelers last week, I really like them to sort of just shred up this Rams defense as well in a sort of quote unquote semi home game in Los Angeles. I agree with that, and I think that Rams secondary looked extremely weak. It's funny because, uh, I mean, speaking of how weird my league is, I offered just this whatever trade to a friend of mine, and I was at work a couple days ago, and I got an alert of, like, your trade's been accepted. It's like, wait, what trade? I forgot I even offered it to him, and I got DK Metcalf. And the reason I bring that up is because DK Metcalf looked like a like freaking Jerry Rice out there against that Rams secondary. Like, that Rams secondary is young. They're inexperienced. I'm not saying they're going to be bad moving forward for the next couple of years, but I think they're going to experience some growing pains. So, uh, you know, like you said, I brought him up during my waiver wire episode. I think Brock Purdy, not just for this week, is a start for the next two or three weeks, really. Mm-hmm. And then depending on that, depending on how well he does moving forward, he may cement himself as a QB1 Going forward, there's a chance, and this is coming from a guy who has Deshaun Watson on his team. I almost replaced Deshaun Watson with not like in terms of that I would drop Deshaun Watson, but in terms of I would pick up Brock Purdy and start him over Deshaun Watson. I almost did that. That's my level of faith in Deshaun Watson. Or well, yeah. Well, you (laughs) know what? No, actually, yeah, no, that's the same thing. thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's my level of faith in Deshaun Watson, but it shows my level of high faith it's like red dead 2 of like high honor low honor it's, exactly. it shows my level of high faith in brock purdy so i i 100 agree with you real quick emerge so like you said the last two quarterbacks taking as mr relevant were brock purdy and chad kelly the third to last quarterback taking as mr relevant was taken in 2012 who was it i really have no idea he was taken by my favorite team and i completely forgot about this man until i looked it up chandler harnish I never really ring a bell. That. I think that I only rings. That. I think that only yeah. rings a bell because uh, it's my team. Did and he go Northern, to Northern Illinois? I think that is very impressive. Good job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, okay. He's he's ringing shit. a slight bell, but that just was like, impressive. Yeah, I, I have no idea what his stats are in the NFL. I had no idea who drafted him. Just like yeah, I just I for some reason I remember him playing at Northern Illinois. So. All right. Final piece of trivia because uh, this normally happens where there's some. And this is why you kick my ass, immaculate grid. It's because you're like, dude, like this person. <laughs> play in the 90s and i'm like i was five yeah so i was three years old when so it was harnish and then before that in 1997 before him was the last time a qb was mr relevant it was i'm gonna try this ronnie mccata yeah that one does not sound familiar to me nothing so So i was gonna ask you what team and what college yeah definitely no idea on either (laughs) ronnie mc mccata mccata I don't know. Ronnie M, lowercase c, so like the Irish thing. Uh-huh. Uppercase A, D-A. Uh-huh. He was drafted by the Packers. Get this. Out of the Army. In the Army. Okay. In 1997. So I was three years old. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, yes. I. It was funny because, yeah, when you share that stat, at first I was like, wow, that's surprising. And then I thought of it, I'm like, yeah, no, not really that surprising. Yeah, seriously, seriously. <laughs> you would think like it just like by like coincidence it would have happened by now, but like also like how often does a quarterback? I mean, we just went through it. We were, we went from '97 to 2012 where yep. no quarterbacks were the Mister Irrelevant. So, nope. yeah. Also, how about this for Mister Irrelevant fact? The only one that I can always remember is David Vibaro. Vibaro. Okay, yeah, that was that was so. Familiar. I know you're thinking of his dad. Because his dad was uh, – I okay, God, we're, we're going down a pathway here. But anyway, yeah, his, da- his dad was an old NFL linebacker. David Vibaro Jr. was uh-huh. a linebacker, I want to say, Idaho. He was drafted okay. by the then St. Louis Rams as Mr. Relevant. He was actually pretty solid for us for a while, got busted for PEDs. He's basically like a poor man's Brian Cushion. Got it. Okay, okay. Um, so, yeah, busted. I mean, just sort of like that's – yeah, sort of the tale with some of these older NFL players that just don't make it, right? Just, mm, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, but let's sort of get into your sit here, Tad. So obviously we talked about I have a start, you have a sit at the quarterback position. Who are you sitting this week? 
You don't want to talk letdown. Look, there were a lot of letdown. This was, I'll, I'll, I'll preface it with this. This was a great weekend of football. This was maybe the most exciting week one of NFL football since 2008. And I will not get into all the details of that, but just Google 2008 week one uh, NFL because that was a lot of fun. Um, there A lot of stuff went down. We had Washington and Arizona being exciting. We had, uh, what else? The, the Colts-Jags was absolutely insane. We'll get into that later. Um, this game was also insane. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of like half asleep at this point because I was just tired. I was like, God, I felt like, you got to like almost like re, what, what's the word, re-acclimate yourself to the NFL grind of like, okay, all right, take that 15-minute break. 4 p.m. games are starting. I did not do that. Those 4 p.m. games, not going to lie, I, I like basically slept with my eyes open. But the entire time I was like, man, this Raiders-Broncos game is crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But what's even crazier is I looked up the stats after that game that the Raiders won, by the way. They did. Russell Wilson, you want to talk about a letdown? That was a letdown. We had this whole offseason talking about like Sean Payton's here. Russ is back. These receivers are back. Even with you know some of them hurt. This offense is going to be explosive. Rest through for 177 yards. Yeah. Yeah. Like, whoo, that clean slate got absolutely blown out in about a half. And I'll tell you which half. Because the first half, Russ threw for two touchdowns. None of them, like, you know, bombs or anything. But threw for two touchdowns nonetheless. We're like, okay, Russ is back. Okay. Second half. Let's play our favorite game. Over, under. Emmer. Did Russ throw for over or under 50 yards in the second half? Under. Slightly over, 52. Damn it. I know. I almost went with 55, but I knew you were going to go under there. So he threw for 52 yards. How many touchdowns did he throw for in the second half? Zero, because he only threw Zero. two touchdowns that game, yeah. Zero, exactly. And that's the one thing is like the casual fantasy viewer is going to look at his score total. Be like, yeah, okay, 15 points, it's not bad. And then they're going to look it up be like, oh, okay, he has a good coach. Like, he's still a worthy pickup. No, he is not. Leave Russ alone. Honest to God. And I swear, while I was doing research, ESPN's like, you know, when you like click on the player, they have the video ready to go for all the big names. The video was... Are Russ's are oh god what was the headline? It's like is Russ still a viable fantasy starter or something like that? My answer is at this point no, he's done. Mm. To me, he is a borderline QB two. I just traded away Kirk Cousins off my roster because I think he's also done. Even though he just scored twenty eight points, not really helping my case. But yeah, well, you know what? If they weren't down all the time, then that would really help my case there. But you know, um, but actually, you know what? That's a perfect example. I trust if, if your team's down by 20, I trust Kirk Cousins more at this point than I trust Russell Wilson. I don't think mm-hmm. Russell Wilson could have done what Kirk Cousins did on Thursday night, which is pull your you know team back into the game in terms of a one score game. I honest to God do not believe Russell Wilson has that in his repertoire anymore. So I think he is absolutely done as a fantasy starter. Absolutely as a starter. I think he's borderline done as a bench candidate. I don't trust any Broncos quarterback until they draft someone next year. I think, you know, this is the only thing I'm going to say about this game. Cause we got a lot of other picks to get to here, but um, I think the box score is a little bit deceiving. Cause if you actually watched the game, I know Tad, you sort of were watching it sort of like awake, but you had mode. your eyes zombie open mode. or whatever. Yeah, he looked a little bit better than what we saw. He last did. No, year. no, he looked it's better still early in the season here. I think he's going to get a little bit more acclimated to live game action. He's going to get better. I'm still not trusting him right now. But I think long-term, I think there's hope that he can sort of turn around by the time we get to midseason. Bench option at best right now. And let's sure. and let's let's focus on this week for now, though. And this is why he's a sit as well, is because Washington's defense looked damn good last week. Yep. And I know that was against Arizona, but still, they have boasted one of the most underrated defenses the last few years. They have, in my opinion, probably the third-best defensive line in the NFL, that secondary is quietly, sneakily very good. So it's just like, okay, if you struggle against the Raiders, I see zero reason why you should not struggle against Washington. So I think that game, that low-key, that is actually a game I'm very excited about. Like, on paper, it doesn't look like an exciting matchup. For whatever reason, I think that game is going to be fucking crazy. So I'm very much looking forward to that game, but fantasy-wise, I am staying like 10 yards away from it. Much like both those teams will be from the end zone. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how those games actually – that game plays out as far as how their offenses operate there. So, Tad, let's get to the running back position. So, who's your start at this position? 
Well, I mean, spoiler alert. So my start is, I look, this is a popular pick, but sometimes he's a popular pick for a reason. It's like I always tell my students, a cliche is a cliche for a reason. It's James Cook. I know a lot of you are going to like, you know, Google stardom sit him, and you're like, well, everyone's saying start James Cook. There's a reason everyone's saying start James Cook is because the Bills have got their guy. For better or for worse, they are sticking with James Cook. He had 12 carries, and this was the really surprising set. Six targets. Yeah, he's Buffalo's guy. No longer are they doing this whole bullshit, want to be Philadelphia, like split by committee thing. They're going, nope, James Cook, you are our dude. And I know what you're thinking of, like, well, 12 carries, it's not that much. Well, they land themselves in that weird position. And this is why I hate with it. This is why I call fantasy football quicksand, where the quarterback is playing badly. Right. So Josh Allen, he had a bad game. He admitted himself. And by the way, my respect for Josh Allen with how he handled last week's loss is like just I already liked him. But like the way he's handled this loss, oh my God, like this guy handles everything awesome. Um, anyway, but here's the problem is when your quarterback does badly, and this is why I call it fantasy football quicksand, you have no option but to keep giving the ball to the quarterback who is playing badly. Like it's yeah. just, it's, it's, it's a terrible like cycle of death. We're like, well, we got to keep throwing it. Well, he's not throwing it well. Well, we got to keep throwing it because otherwise we're screwed. So that's why James Coach only had uh, 12 carries. So I think that against the Las Vegas Raiders, he will have a better opportunity to come out and, you know, have a more balanced game plan in his favor. And and like I said, with the six targets too, even if they are still going past heavy, clearly he's part of this passing game. So mm -hmm. I think that no matter what, he will be a major factor, you know, in on Sunday. And the last thing I will say about this is the Las Vegas Raiders, fifth most points allowed to running backs last year. So I think that James Cook, he is the dude. I, I'll be interested to see your reasoning behind that reaction. But he is the dude in the Buffalo offense when it comes to running back. I think that this is the game where he starts his like breakout season. Oh, no, I was shaking my head at the Raiders defense. I was like, oh, it's so bad. Like running back, so bad. like points to the running back aside, just I don't trust their defense at all, whether it's oh, covering no. receivers or covering the running backs. So that was why I was shaking mm. my head to okay. all these podcast listeners out there. Tad was like, I'm curious about your reaction. I was shaking my head at the Raiders defense, not at James Cook. I love James Cook. I drafted him in as many leagues as I could because I like You were a believer. I was not. Like you were wrong. You're, fuck. You were right. I was wrong. <laughs> Well, look, it's still early. I said this earlier before, too, in our podcast. It's like it's only been one week. So, I mean, people who did great, there's no great guarantee that they're going to sustain that. People who did bad, there's no guarantee that they're going to sustain that either. Fair. But, yeah, I like the optimism surrounding James Cook compared to other running backs in Buffalo's system that we've heard in previous years. So, yeah, I'm all aboard James Cook. A guy that I'm not all aboard as far as week two is concerned, we already brought this game, Tad. Washington and Denver. I'm sitting Brian Robinson Jr. against no. the Denver Broncos. No. Well, here, Tad, the Broncos held Josh Jacobs yeah, and the Raiders' see, rushing attack to only 61 rushing yards last week and zero touchdowns. So, I mean, that sort of says the fact that you can say what you want about Russell Wilson. I said this before on the podcast before. That's like the reason that the Broncos were so terrible last year was not because of their defense. Their defense, I think, no. was able to keep them in games. It was Russell Wilson and that god-awful offense. So we'll see exactly what happens with the offense this year. But that defense, they was able to keep a lot of their talent. And I think they're still going to be formidable this year. So, yeah, they have a very good uh, chance to sort of shut down the commander's rushing attack. You also have to look at that game, even though it was very turnover-heavy with Arizona and Washington. Sam Howell looked good at times, but there's a lot of times that he had ball security issues. So it's like that's what worries me, especially against a formidable defense in Denver. So I don't think this uh, this game is going to be very high scoring, and that's going to lead to a very defensive-heavy battle. Like you said, Washington has a very underrated defense as well. I think defense on uh, Denver's side is going to be very strong as well. So I think it's going to be a field goal game. Maybe one touchdown yeah, between both teams combined. Like one? I can see that happening. Wow. I can see that happening, honestly. Okay. like Very similar to what we saw with New Orleans and Tennessee last week. Where the great. only touchdown was that. scored by was by Rashid uh, Shahid. Rashid Shahid, I think that's how you say it. I don't know. Name. You are asking wide, the way wrong guy. <laughs> wide receiver for New Orleans Saints where Derek Carr threw that one touchdown. But it's just like, yeah, it was very defensive heavy. Lots of field goals. And it was just that one touchdown. So I can see something very similar happening in this game. But because of that, like I said, with the jury still possibly out on Sam Howell, maybe long term he's great. But so far right now what I'm seeing he still needs a lot to, as far as like getting his feet wet. That's still happening right now. And I think this Denver defense is going to be able to slow him down again, just like Arizona was. And like 
his own issues too. So that's why like they're going to focus on running the ball. Brian Robinson Jr. Antonio Gibson. I don't like either of them this week. I totally agree with you. Well, and, and that was my reaction. I was like, whoa. And then I was like, eh, well, actually, because I did the exact same thing <laughs> earlier today where, well, and first off, this is one of the reasons you should listen to this podcast because I've been telling you people all off season of, I, this is a question you asked me, what, like three, two, three weeks ago of like, who do you trust more, Brandon Cooks or uh, Antonio Gibson? And I said, Brandon Cooks, because Antonio Gibson's got me their number two. And if week one made anything clear, Antonio Gibson is most definitely Washington's number two court, uh, running back, True. possibly even quarterback too, given how their current situation is going. But my point being is I, I'm a big believer in Brian Robinson moving forward as a fancy option. And he almost made my pick as a start at running back. And then I typed in commander's opponent and then I saw Broncos. I was like, okay, I gotta find someone else Yeah, because I, no, I I'm free. Yeah, exactly. It's all about the opponent this week. It's yeah. like, I, I, the Broncos did a great job at kind of, you know, I, I won't say shut down. They did not shut down josh jacobs but they definitely limited him to like a flex option when most people if not everyone started him as a running back one so i think a lot of people are going to do the same thing where they start brian robinson especially after a great week as a rb2 he'll be lucky if he gets flex option numbers so for now i completely agree with you leave him on the bench Flex options numbers if he's lucky. I really think if he's, he's lucky. That's that like if, that's like if he gets that touchdown. Like you said, exactly. like if, if that one touchdown is Ryan Robinson's, it paid off. That is a massive gamble that I do not think is worth taking. Exactly. High risk, low reward in this situation. So yeah, I'd be better off going with other options for sure. So Tal, let's now get to the wide receivers here. Do you have a start or do you have a sit for me? I got you a start. And like okay. I said, this is another yeah. reason why you should listen to this podcast all summer. All summer. All these other podcasts we're talking. Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., Odell Beckham Jr., J.K. Dobbins, even though that's another thing. There's only one podcast among all podcasts. Don't fact check me on this. Don't don't just just take my word for it. Don't don't fact check me. There's sure. only sh- 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 stop typing. But there's only one podcast that told you. Trust me, it's not gonna be Rashad Bateman. It's going to be Zay Flowers. I have been telling you guys since they drafted him on round what? What are you shaking your head about? What? Because you were not high on Zay Flowers when we were on Chauncey's podcast. I'm, you were I'm, like, I'm not as big on Zay Flowers. You were more. I on was after the preseason. I Check said the tape. I was a fan of Check Zay Check the tape, my friend. Okay, yeah. fine. Then fine. We'll tag team it. We'll tag team it. Yeah. You handled the summer for me. I watched the preseason, then you tagged me in, and I jumped in on the ring. Well, now it's my turn. Hang outside the ropes. I'll tag you in once he has a bad week. So, point being is, wow, you're surprisingly okay with that to take the blame for everything. So, okay, cool. (laughs) Point being, though. He's ready to move on. That's all. I was watching Red Zone, and I will tell you the specific play. It was funny because it wasn't even that big of a play, but I was just like, I fucking knew it is there was a jet sweep handoff where he ran it for a first down. I don't know if you saw him or not, but it was like a nine yard run. And I was like, I knew it. And I'm like, there's no way they do that with shot Bateman. So Zay Flowers had himself a pretty solid week with 13 points, two carries. Um, uh, sorry, I'm looking at my notes right now. Uh, 10 targets. Thank you. I, my, I actually was looking at my tight end notes. I was like, he had more than five targets. Um, so 10 targets he had, twice as many as the next guy I'm about to talk about. I think that this, while he may not be like the, you know, lo and behold, like low end wide receiver one, some, see, there is where I was making the distinction. Some people were hyping him up as like, oh, he could be like your sneaky wide receiver one target. No, no, no. I don't think he's ever going to reach that this year, but no, I think he is a very, very solid flex option with the potential to get into wide receiver two numbers for not just next week, this week. But the season on top of that. So I think that Zay Flowers, if you can start him, if you did get him on waivers, or if you did, were smart enough to draft him, he is absolutely the starter for the Ravens against the Bengals this week. Yeah, very solid pick. He's definitely been the sort of go-to guy for Lamar Jackson in that offense in week one at least. And yeah, just based on what we saw with Cincinnati last week against Cleveland, which we'll get to a little bit later as no, well. Yeah, I think uh, Baltimore should have a good, easy time moving the ball against that defense through the air, on the ground, whatever they want to do. So, yeah, Zay Flowers, a great start there. So, yeah, on the ground. 
I think on the ground. I think so, which, like I said, we'll get yeah. to that a little bit okay. later here. So I'm going to stick to the AFC North, excuse me, here. And I'm going to go to my sit here, and I'm going to go to George Pickens, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're Good playing pack. the Cleveland Browns. So actually, we don't have to wait that long to talk about this game to the Steelers and the Browns here. So, okay. Weather was not great in Cincinnati, or were they playing Cleveland? No, they were playing Cleveland. They were playing Cleveland. Uh, but weather was not great there, so you could sort of attest that as to why Joe Burrow and the offense just did not have a good game for the Cincinnati Bengals. But that doesn't answer the fact as to why Cleveland was able to move the ball so easily against the Cincinnati Bengals defense, right? So, I mean, that sort of says something. They held Joe Burrow to only 82 career passing yards. That is the lowest in his career. I'm honestly um, shocked it's that high. Yeah, it was very surprising. He just did not look like the Joe Burrow he looks that we're so used bad. to seeing. He looked very bad. Hey, at um, least he's not the highest paid player in NFL history. Yeah, yeah, exactly. After signing that deal that he had to put up before, it was such like bad. Um, you look at the Browns, they're looking to gain the upper hand in the division by stacking another win in the division because they just beat the Bengals. Now they can sort of come here and beat the Steelers now. You look at Kenny Pickett in that game against San Francisco. All the broadcasts, they got talking about how he looks so comfortable in the preseason. This offense is really going to take a step forward compared to what we saw at the very end of the last season where it's like you saw it, started to see some of the specialists that made him a first-round pick. But yeah, he did not look at comfortable at all. You can attribute that to the Niners defense. You can attribute that to just him be playing an actual game now as opposed to preseason vanilla looks. Whatever it was, just this offense was out of sync that entire game. Now you get to face a surprisingly good Cleveland defense. Defense, and I think they're going to be able to shut down what Kenny Pickett and this passing offense is going to be able to do. We already know that Deontay Johnson is going to miss the game because he's dealing with a hamstring injury. So it's going to fall on George Pickens and Allen Robinson. So, yeah, they may get a lot of targets, but I don't think it's going to lead to much. And so, yeah, I'm better off sticking all my Pittsburgh players on the bench this week against Cleveland. I somewhat disagree with you. I somewhat agree with you, but we'll get into that in a little bit. We'll revisit this in a bit. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's get to the tight end here position, Tad. Uh, what do you got for me? You got to start or do you got to sit? I got my final start, and this is a guy that you've been very high on. And I'll admit, I was more of like lukewarm. I was, I, I'm not going to say I was against him. I, I was just kind of like a wait-and-see guy. After okay. one week, I'm completely convinced. Sam Laporta's the dude in Detroit. Yes. That man is the dude. And he played 60% of the snaps, offensive snaps, in his first NFL game. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And on top of this, and this is what I was talking about earlier where I was looking at the wrong notes, he, so he saw five targets and he caught five targets. Now, he only, had, he only had 39 yards on those. But also, if you actually watch the game, the Chiefs were all over Jared Goff. He had very little time to really do much. So I, I, I just think St. Laporte is just one of those guys that just sees enough target share that he is just bound to break out at some point. And I don't see why there's any reason it shouldn't be this week. They're playing Seattle, who for the last two years, not even just last season, but the last two years, has been one of the most susceptible offenses or uh, susceptible defenses to tight ends. Yes. And, you know, I think they were, if, if memory serves, they were like 28th, 29th two years ago. Last year they were 30th. And this year it's not looking like they were doing much better. So I think that while Sam Laporta's yardage numbers may not be great, I think his touchdown numbers by the end of the year are going to be high. And I think this is the week where he catches the first NFL touchdown. I think they're going to be, they being the Detroit Lions, of course, are going to be looking at Laporta's way a lot. And I think that he will get a score this weekend yeah and i think this is the uh, reason as to why i don't like rookie tight ends as far as fantasy football is concerned because they will they'll have like sort of these up and down weeks yeah. where it's like the first week they'll look okay then they'll look a lot better the next week and then all of a sudden they'll throw a complete dud and so that's going to happen the entire season so long term for the entire season exactly like i said i think he's going to have an overall quote unquote good season solid, solid. but it's not going to be consistent enough where you're going to be like okay this is a guy i want to start every single week but yes exactly for all the reasons that you laid out with seattle being a very bad day i don't like them at all this season a lot of people were picking seattle sort of finish second in the division i think they'll they'll probably finish second by default but just they're not going to be an overall good team for what we saw last year and clearly we saw it a little bit with that just sort of like them taking a step back against the los angeles rams last week i think they sort of lose again they dropped to zero and two against the detroit lions this coming week at Laporta, I can see him scoring a red zone touchdown for sure. There we go. I was fully expecting a text from you, by the way, after I got that alert of like, oh, okay, I have DK Metcalf. I was like, but 
two hours, I'm going to get a text from Murr in all caps. Like, what are you doing? And I was just like, because me and Murr sharing ESPN login. So I'm sure you got that alert as well. I'm actually shocked you did not chastise me for that. Oh, no, I was going to. I, I've look, been looking at your transaction login. I have a lot of questions, but I was like, you know what? I don't understand your league, and this is just, you know, frustrations that I don't need in my life. That was a good trade. I sort of that was a good trade. I gave up. Relax. A... I need to keep things under control, so I'm just not going to even start it. So that was a great trade. Think... I gave I gave up one starter and I gained three. In your eyes, which are correct. Nah, sure. Um, so I'm going to get to my tight end position here, and I'm going to go with the sit here. And I'm actually going to bring up a game that I already brought up already. I brought up Brock Purdy as a start versus the Los Angeles Rams, but now I'm going to bring up the Los Angeles Rams tight end here in Tyler Higby versus the San Francisco 49ers as a sit because, I mean, Ted, in two games last year yeah, against the San Francisco 49ers. This is 49ers, a top-tier sit. In two games against the 49ers last year, Higby totaled 12 receptions off of 20 targets for 88 total receiving yards and no receiving touchdowns. So that averages out to 44 yards per game. That's not a tight end that you want starting in your starting roster. I mean, San Francisco has no trouble shutting down Tyler Higby, even with Cooper Cup on the IR. I know sort of that volume will then go to uh, Tyler Higby. We already talked about Puka Nakua in our waiver wire episode. I think he's going to have a down week, but long-term, he's still a great addition for you. But just, oh. yeah, do not be worried by his bad week this week because he's going up against San Francisco's defense. Sorry to interrupt. By down week, because there is a there there is a difference in what I'm about to ask. Down week is in like you know seven to nine points, or down week is in like he's gonna have like three points and people are gonna hit a panic button. Like oh my god, I like knee jerk reacted here. I think his ceiling is probably gonna be like seven points. That's oh ceiling? Yes. Oof. I think so. I think so. Just they have the pass rush. You clearly could see it. Uh, Nick Bosa is going to have another week of practice. Obviously, their secondary is, like you said, they're actually healthy and they're playing really well. For so now. that's for now. For now. Back on one. Back on one. They're Back healthy one. right now. So they're going to be fine. So they're going to be able to shut him down for sure. So yeah, I see a ceiling of seven fancy points for Puka Nakua. Um, yeah, I mean, just we saw the Niners. They were able to shut down the Steelers on offense last week. They allowed a garbage touchdown to Pat Frymouth, but he only had that one reception, which was for three yards for that touchdown. But even that, I think that totaled him to eight points fantasy wise. So Tyler Higby, yeah, I don't see him having a very successful week here against the 49 in a divisional matchup. So, Tad, let's sort of get to our kickers and defenses that we like to bring up here. Uh, we'll spend a lot of time on this one, but you have a starter set for me at uh, defense as well as kicker. Let's do both. At defense, I got you here. Like I said, we touch on for, uh, this later. Well, now is later, my friends. I feel like we're in space balls. Well, when is now? Now is now. When is now? <laughs> but, um, that is a reference so few of our listeners are going to get. But um, I actually disagree with you. I say sit the Browns defense because okay. I think too many people are gambling on the Steelers offense to have to continue on to disappoint like they did week one. Look, I am not going to defend or make any excuses for that week one performance. It was bad. Okay. It was, it was bad. It just was, but you know, something else I did notice throughout the NFL last weekend, a lot of offenses that should have been good. were also really weirdly underperforming and i brought this up in our slack of like is it weird it's been a really sloppy day of football when we talked about this because it was basically the final week of preseason for all these number one starters so i think that don't take too much stock in how these teams are performed Steelers are too talented look i i shit on him fantasy wise but Najee harris is still a legitimate threat to keep in mind george pickens is one of my favorite receivers in the league today kenny pickett yeah. Obviously, I am a big believer in Kenny Pickett. Darnell sure. Washington, don't forget they have him. Pat Fryermuth. Yeah. So, like, it's just this offense is so loaded that I don't trust them to be another, you know, have another dormant uh, performance against a divisional opponent, especially like you said, because they lose against the Browns. All of a sudden, the Browns have a very commanding early lead over this division. Mike Tomlin has made a career of winning games like this, where it's like, this can either get out of hand real quick, or we can like rebound and get a handle on this real quick. So between Mike Tomlin and talented offense, don't count them out. I'm not trusting the Browns defense. I'm not saying that I take the Steelers to win it. I just don't trust the Browns enough to, you know, actually show up for once in their lives. Um, in terms of kicker, I'm saying sit Daniel Carlson. He only scored mm. five points last week. You look at you know who they're playing this week in the Bills. I think that Bills defense they got humiliated. Aaron Rodgers goes down in the first quarter. Every by the way, did you see that video about the Wisconsin bar? No, I missed that. 
Oh, okay. I'll send that to you after the episode. So this Wisconsin bar uh, offered everyone free drinks if the Jets won. Or, uh, if the Jets oh, won. okay. I didn't realize that was in Wisconsin. But yes, I yes. did hear about this. I did yes. hear about this. Yes. So, yeah. so, I mean, but that was the Bills, basically. It was the Wisconsin bar. So this Wisconsin bar, for our listeners and viewers who don't know, offered all the patrons free drinks if the Jets lost Monday night football. So everyone was celebrating by all these drinks, you know, like by the time we got to overtime and then the news was there when the punt return happened. And so everyone was like, Oh, we got to pay our tabs. And yeah. it was like the funniest thing I've ever seen. So anyway, my point being is that was kind of the bills, right? It's like, Oh, we got this offense after Aaron Rodgers went out like it's Zach Wilson. And they still lost. They're going to come out pissed against this Raiders offense. I'm still not really big believer in Let's keep in mind. Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. Week one, like when he went down, I'm like, up oh, here we go again. Like, I don't know if you saw that. He missed what, like a quarter, quarter and a half. Yeah, he, like he had a pretty big hit. They were ruling it possibly as a concussion. Brian Hoyer came in. But yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo did return to the game, though. So he did. He did. But my point being is, at, like, look, I've been a Garoppolo defender all offseason. The second they were like, and he's down. I was like, oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> like, I've been defending you. So bottom line is, like, I don't think the Raiders offense is going to do very well this uh, this week. I think the Bills defense can come out with a fury. And I think that Daniel Carlson will be limited to one, maybe two field goals. I wouldn't be shocked that the Raiders don't score a touchdown this week. Because keep in mind, Jacoby Myers is looking doubtful. Yes, he also suffered a concussion in that game. He took a big shot toward in the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. So there's with a possibility like, that with like ten not... seconds left or something ridiculous like that. Like yeah, that, so there may be a possibility that he may not be able to go here in week two for sure. So I got two starts for you, Hugh Tad, at the defense position and the kicker position. So my start here is the Lions defense against the Seattle Seahawks. I already talked about how I'm not ooh, high ooh, on the Seattle Seahawks. God. Um, oh, they're playing at home. They have a sort of Tad. I, I think you probably heard this. Your dad probably mentioned this too, but they have a wait list for season tickets for the first time in like years. I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a long time that there's been a wait list for season tickets. The, for the, the Lions are the Colorado of the NFL, where it's just like all of a sudden, it's just like, where the hell have you guys been this whole time? Like Colorado exactly. is like still at their stadium. They're like, really? You couldn't have done this like two years ago? Exactly. So they're also unveiling a Barry Sanders statue outside oh, of Ford Field during the home opener. So Good. it's going to he be a very raucous crowd there in Detroit. And yeah, just what I saw last week from Seattle against Los Angeles Rams, um, I didn't like it at all. I think that's going to continue here into week two. The Lions, they were able to control the Kansas City uh, defense as well as the offense in that game on Thursday night in week one. They held Kansas City only 20 points on offense and 316 total yards in week one. So that sort of speaks to the fact that Seattle's offense takes a downgrade compared to that Kansas City offense. So, so yeah, if they're able to do that against Kansas City, I think they'll be able to play just at a high level against Seattle here in week two. So start the Detroit Lions defense. And at the kicker position, I'm going to go with Cairo Santos for the Chicago Bears. They're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week. I know the Bears didn't look all that great against the Green Bay Packers. Time out, time out. Start or sit, Cairo? Start. I said both were starts. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, so I know he, uh, the Bears didn't look all that great against the Green Bay Packers there in week one, but I think they're going to rebound here in week two. They're going to play a little bit better. I'm not saying they're going to play perfectly. I'm not saying they're going to win the game, but I think this game is going to be a little bit more evenly contested. I think it may be a little bit defensive heavy as well with, you know, the Tampa Bay offense was able to click on all cylinders a little bit last week, but I don't know if that's going to continue here in week two. I think the Bears defense will sort of show up a little bit more, limit what, you know, surprisingly Baker Mayfield was able to do last week. So I think there's possibilities that this defensive heavy game will lead to a lot of field goal situations for both kickers. So Carlos Santos made two field goals last week. I think he makes at least two field goals this week as well. So I like it as a start this week. I mean, it depends. This is yet a third category five gun blow into Florida while the yeah. game's going on. Cause I mean, that's a, that's a, apparently a very real possibility at this point. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Just pop out of nowhere. Like, edge, like day after tomorrow, just, just like pops up and just like, ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so those are all of our starts and sits for this week. We're going to sort of make a smooth transition here to sort of jump right back into it here, Tad. We're going to be talking about some NFL bets here, Tad. So, I mean, why do you keep messing with it? I, I was – I thought you, I was doing it. I you were jumping you were around it. being all excited like a kid at Christmas. I can multitask. 
sure okay sure <laughs> um so tab, evidence, we're contrary about, to the evidence to be fair yeah exactly so tab we're gonna talk about our favorite spread bets this week we're gonna talk about our favorite money line bets this week and then of course make sure you tune into our social media handles which we'll plug towards the God, end of the show how do you um, find that so every time yeah, it's variable on time. Now. We've been doing this long enough. That make God. sure you tune in to our social media handles because with those graphics, with our bets, we drop in a special extra bet. So the only way you find out about those bets is make sure you're following our social media handles. So we're not going to tell, tell you what start- it is. Exactly. We can't tell you what it is. So let's get to the spread bets here first, Tad. Who do you like as far as your favorite spread bet this week here? Well, so these are my favorite spread bets where it's just basically like an extra money line bet. Uh, and that is, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers at plus one and a half against the Falcons. And the odds are for that are minus 105, which, by the way, I just have to say to our sponsor, Bet Online, I get why you're doing this, but I got to call you out on it. It's hilarious how you're hedging your bets there. Where they're like, it's an underdog, so here's your plus 105. But still, it's minus 105. It's not plus 105. It's minus 105. Like, that exactly. is just, I don't know why I find that so funny, but that is just such a great way to hedge your bet there. But anyway, I, I understand why they're doing it, though, is because I think Green Bay has an excellent chance to win this game. And look, I'm not saying I'm going to, you are listening to someone who, <laughs> for lack of a better word, who shit all over Jordan Love for the entire offseason. And sure. I am not calling myself wrong yet. I'm not willing to do that. Yep. I am willing to do it. In a couple weeks, if he proves you wrong, look, I'm not, I'm a big enough man to say when I'm wrong. I will say I'm a little worried I'm going to have to do that. That's where he put me at is now the reason I'm not is because he only completed 55% of his passes last week against the bears. With that said, he did make some big time throws along Mm -hmm. three of those being for touchdowns. And on Mm -hmm. top of that, he beat the better team. And that's why I'm, t- I'm thinking that the Packers can't beat the Falcons. Because, yes, the Falcons also won last week. And they did look better than I thought they would. Especially being on Robinson. And like he's, ooh, he's making me a little worried. But although I did say, ah, that, 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 though. <laughs> who was one of the more popular waiver wire pickups this week, though, was Tyler Algier. What the hell did I tell you, people? Once again, uh, it's been one week. I mean, speaking of day after tomorrow with that South Park episode, like, we should have listened. You should have listened. But anyway. Going back to the Packers is I I or the Packers and Falcons is I think the Falcons while good they beat an equally talented team in Carolina. Yeah. The Packers beat a better team in my opinion talent wise in Chicago. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't quite understand why Green Bay is the underdog here. I believe it is because they are on the road. And hey, for our listeners who listened in last season, you know that you know fallacy of a home field advantage. I love to take advantage of that. I think that is what's happening right here. So Packers plus one and a half. I think that is your best bet for the spread this week. Yeah, I think I like the Packers to sort of overcome this one as well, because, yeah, we could talk about Jordan Love and how well he looked, but that defense actually played really well against the Chicago Bears. I hear Alexander with the fight on sidelines. (laughs) God, I love that guy. So I think that's the thing that's going to hold up as well is that they played on that play that the Packers, excuse me, played well on both sides of the ball. Whereas Atlanta, I think they mainly played well on defense. Yeah, we saw some flashes, obviously, from Bijan Robinson. We had that great one catch from Kyle Pitts. I know he had two in the game, but we had the one highlight catch level, right? Drake Lender was absolutely held out of the box score. So I mean, that's definitely something that you know to keep aware of as a possible, you know, Drake London fantasy manager. So um I'm not sure how good the Atlanta office is going to look, so maybe they'll look better on defense. But yeah, you got to play both sides of the ball if you want a game, if you want to win a game. So yeah, that's why I like the Packers a little bit more. So yeah, surprising that they're at plus one and a half. But yeah, that's why exactly like I said, BetOnline is hedging their bets there with the minus 105. There, so. I love it. But yeah, that's so smart. I mean, that's why that's why they're the book. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I like the Packers to win that game as well. So I'm gonna go with my spread back here, Tad. Maybe a little bit surprised by this one, but I'm gonna go. With the New York Jets versus the Dallas Cowboys, go for it. I almost took this, so I'm actually not You almost surprised. took this? Okay, I almost interesting. Took this as well. mm-hmm. Interesting. So I am taking the underdog in the New York Jets. I'm taking the plus eight and a half at minus 110. Or uh, if you're going to do like the money line, it's plus 325. I like this pick now, a lot. Now, okay, I will say, even though I gave you the money line at plus 325, the Jets are not going to win this game. Cowboys no, are going to win no, this no, game. No, no, they're that's not going to win. Sure. But, but, but that's the beauty of the spread, though. Exactly. That's exactly why I'm picking them as the spread bet. Because while the Cowboys should come away with the win, 
the Jets will give a more of a fight than unfortunately the other New York team gave them last week. That just oh we I felt so bad for Carrie. I was just like, I'm turning this game off. I was like, I had a great day of football, and this is how you want to end my Sunday. I was like, I can't do it. I can't. It was great. It was great game. for me because I was like, great, I need a lesson plan anyway. So it was like on in the background. I exactly. swear to God, for the second half, my eyes never left my computer while I was doing work and I was just listening yeah. to it. It was great. No, I didn't even I have felt like I was back on. in the forties. I was like listening to the radio. Yeah, it just I didn't even have the game on. I was just like, I can't watch this. I was checking the box score every so often. I was just like, God, this is pitiful. Uh, but yeah, I think this game is actually going to be lower scoring because Tad, we saw that Ooh, the Dallas Cowboys okay. were able to score most of their points on defense. And then when they were on offense, yeah, they looked good at times. They were able to punch in some rushing touchdowns, but overall they didn't have to do that much. And so what did we see uh with the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets? The Jets, yeah, unfortunately, they did lose Aaron Rodgers, but they did not lose hope in that game. They played strong defense. Zach Wilson was, yeah, he was a he ball looks, average. Okay, let's talk about this for a second. So I think he's getting a little too much hate. So sure. I think he looked better. I'm not saying he yeah. looked good, but he looked, he looked better. All right. He looked all right. Yeah, mm-hmm. like he made a couple bad plays. Like You got a couple flashes. I don't know if you saw this. The Manning cast where Peyton was like freaking out on him because yeah. it was like old Zach Wilson running backwards. Oh, of course, yeah. But like other than that, he he looked like a solid backup. He looked like um um who's the guy they had last year? Mike White. Mike White. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looked like Mike White, and like that's fine. That's okay. Like you're a talented enough roster where you can get through with a Mike White. Hell, they made the playoffs with Mike White. I think, right? Did they make the playoffs? They didn't make the playoffs. Okay, they were close to making the playoffs. They were very close. There we go. They're on the they're on the cusp, but just yeah, I'm thinking of the Dolphins. Who was the Dolphins backup guy last year in their uh, Skyler Thompson? He there we go. I mean, stop getting concussions, people. But anyway, um, point being is like the, they're talented enough where like Zach Wilson has shown me enough improvement. I'm not just saying this because I once compared Mayor Rogers, but he's convinced me like, okay, this guy could have a long career as a backup in the NFL, which means I think he can carry this roster to the playoffs. You also have to remember that he came into that week one game having no prep as the starter. Yeah. Like Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers was pretty much the full-fledged starter. That's all all the number one reps went to, all offseason, obviously all preseason long. Leading up to this game, the practice week, obviously he was the number one guy. So Zach Wilson was practicing with the twos. If anything, he was a scout team office trying to do his best Josh Allen impression for the Jets. And so, yeah, it makes a little bit sense that he was sort of, you know, not his usual self. Now he's going into week two as the projected starter, obviously. Long term, I don't know what's going to happen with Zach Wilson. Wilson and the Jets, but I think here, I think both sides of the ball for defense, uh, for both both teams, excuse me, are going to play well on defense. That's going to lead to a low-scoring game as well. The Jets are going to be able to hang in. Overall, like I said, I don't think they're going to win the game, but I think they're going to keep it close enough where that eight and a half, they'll keep it within that eight and a half. So that's why I like the spread bet this week between the New York Jets and the Dallas Cowboys. So money line, oh God, no, do not take the money no, line. God, no. But the spread bet at plus, at plus eight and a half, I'm taking it. I'm taking I mean, like I said, when it comes to betting, there are two things I always you know, love. It's always the home field advantage fallacy, which is like, oh, they're home. Therefore, they must be the favorites. And we're about to touch on that. Um, and the second thing is way too big of spreads. If there's a spread that's over six points, that team better be one of the unquestioned best teams in the NFL. Otherwise, I'm taking the other team. Because a six-point spread in the NFL is almost never a safe bet. So I'm 100% there with you. That's why, like, if this was Cowboys minus three and a half, I'd be staying absolutely away from it. I'd be like, I'm not touching that. That's too close. I don't know. But the second I saw Cowboys eight and a half, I was like, I was like, that seems pretty big, especially coming from a team that just beat a team I would argue is better than the Cowboys. I still think despite the loss, the Bills are better than the Cowboys. So like why the spread is that big, I understand it, but I wholly disagree with it. Yeah, I think partly you're seeing the inflated number is because the Cowboys were able to pitch that shutout and by such a yeah. wide margin at 40 to zero. But yeah, I think a lot of that, it was just not, the Cowboys are a good team. I'm not going to deny that, but I think it was more just the Giants didn't show up. So they just looked worse. You know how you sort of talk about like, did the team win a game or did the other team lose a game? This was the Giants lost that game. They just did not show up at all in week one. So that was more of it, which led to the inflated number that we have here in the spread. And like I said, it was very clear with certain teams, and I'm not going to go through all of them uh, for time's sake, but with certain teams, it just seemed like, okay, this is preseason. And and we again, we talked about this on the LAP Slack where, you know, since most of these stars aren't playing in the preseason anymore, this basically was their preseason game. Um, and you could tell that with a lot of teams. I, I saw it with the Bengals. I saw it with the Broncos in some cases, and definitely with the Giants. 
where it just seemed they couldn't really gel together because this was their mm-hmm. first real game experience with a very new roster. So yeah, no, I'm not, I think a lot of people are overreacting this Cowboys uh, win. I don't think the Cowboys are that good. They're good. Don't get me wrong. I think yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely a playoff contender, but I don't think they're going to be this juggernaut that they are seemingly being built up to be. Seriously. Definitely do not agree with that as well. So yeah, they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive, but yeah, they're not going to be this 40 to zero team all season long yeah. for sure. Um, all right, Tal, let's sort of close this out with our money line bet picks here. So who do you like on the money line this week? I mean, speaking of a team that, you know, uh, kind of just needs time to gel is like, this is a team that um, I think looks way worse than I was expecting. And I do mean way worse. Like I, I sure some road bumps are fine, but like, that was that wasn't a road bump that was veering off the side of the highway and diving down a cliff. Um, the Chicago Bears looked bad last yeah, week. That was that was rough. Off. That yeah. was rough. But again, just they looked so. I'm not gonna say inept because Justin Fields did have some flashes there. He did have some flashes around. This is Justin Fields I've been talking about all offseason. So inept is too strong a word. They look disjointed. I feel yeah. is the best word. Disjointed is the best word. And like I said, I, I'm going to, for now, I'm going to blame them on the preseason. I don't think, you know, they, for obvious reasons, they didn't want to play Justin Fields much, if at all. I don't even know if he took a single preseason He did. Snap. He played. He played okay. a little bit. So there you go. So, but I, my point being is that, I, that watching that offense really felt like they just needed some time to kind of get a feel for like how the number one squad was going to move and like play in game time. By the time they figured it out, they were down by 20. Because they did make some pretty good plays in the second half, but that first half was a goddamn disaster. So I think that the Bears are being way too hate on because of the Bears. And they've, uh, to be frank, they've earned it at this point of like, they, they've earned no goodwill. But I'm telling you, stick it out with them. I think that they will have a good week this week against the Buccaneers. And that scares me because goddamn, the Bucs looked way better than I thought. Like, I was watching the Bucs on Sunday. I was like, oh my good lord, you're a team. I was like, and keep in mind, this is my team that had the first overall pick. So I was like, ooh, you guys are good. But here's the thing. We're recording this on a Friday night. Spoiler alert. I just think Minnesota is a very sloppy team. I think so. I think I, I, I don't I, – I, like, at first I was giving all the credit to the Bucs. I'm like, holy shit, you just made Minnesota look like a bunch of fools. And I think once the, again, just like we talked about between the Cowboys and the Giants, I think just the, the Vikings just lost that game. I just don't think they have all the pieces on defense just I agree. yet. Their I agree. offense I think is fine because the defense is going to yeah. cause it. No, and that was the big thing is because I was not a huge believer, but I was like, okay, the Vikings have a solid defense. And now after Thursday night, after week two for Thursday night, I'm nope. like, oh, nope. no, yeah, you nope. just you, – you got nothing there. I was like, you got nothing. And so that's now why I'm like, okay, now I think the Bears will yeah. beat the Bucks, and the Bears are currently listed with our friends at Battle Online at plus 123. So that's one, two, three. So while risky, I'm not going to say that's a lock by any means, but I do think if you are looking for the upset pick as it stands now, I think the Bears are your best pick. Now, I'll let our viewers in on a little like background not drama, but background happenings on the show is my initial pick was in Indianapolis Colts. Mm, okay. okay. A couple hours ago, CJ Stroud was listening as questionable. Bet online took down those odds. So I'm as they should, as they should, I'm not saying that they shouldn't have done that or anything, but I'm waiting for those odds to go back up. Unfortunately it did not happen in time of recording. If Indianapolis is still underdogs by the time those odds go back up. Go Indianapolis. As a smart bet. That's or smart or bet. or how about this two team parlay? Why only keep it at two? Three, three. All right, who's our third? Who's our third? We're giving four picks here, Tad. Why don't do four? <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go to the money line here, Tad. I brought up this team already before, but the Cincinnati Bengals are hosting the Baltimore Ravens, but I like the Baltimore Ravens here, surprisingly because they are the underdog when it comes to both the spread at plus three as well as the money line at plus 150. And I just think what we've seen from Cincinnati, um, they lost a lot of key pieces on defense. Both Von Bell and Jesse Bates, some of their key members of their back end of their secondary, are no longer with the team. They're going with some other players. Uh, their defensive line just is not looking as strong as far as the pass rush is concerned. Uh, their offensive line, we were already talking about this, about just how they're not able to protect Joe Burrow. Even after all the big acquisitions that they made, they signed Orlando Brown Jr. in the offseason. He is not looking all that great. They released Lyle Collins of one of their higher-priced signings. That was a weird release. 
season, not this previous one, but the two two off seasons ago, I should say specifically. And just yeah, it just hasn't been working. And I think that's going to continue into this game as well. That they're still trying to work out the Kings. They'll look better than they did last week, where they're not going to put up just three points. They'll put up more points for sure. And Joe Burrow will look like his old self as well. But just overall. The Baltimore defense has been playing really strong. I know they're dealing with some injuries as well on their offensive line, which we brought up earlier this week. Linderbaum and Ronnie Stanley, we have to make sure to see whether they're going to be playing. Obviously, we talked about J.K. Dodds being out for the season, but I think their backups are going to be just fine. I like Gus Edwards, the combination with him, and Justice Hill and the goal line work. Maybe we'll see a little bit of uh, Melvin Gordon, but I think this is maybe more of when we'll start to see the Lamar Jackson that we've seen during that 2019 season, where he's going to take over more of the offense. Be more the rusher. He's going to involve the pass catchers a little bit as well. But just, yeah, I like this offense to be a little bit stronger compared to Cincinnati. Uh, we talked about Cleveland trying to get a 2-0 lead in that division. Well, Baltimore can take a 2-0 lead as well in that division if they can come away with this win against Cincinnati. Um, you look at the spread and the odds there, Tad. I think they're favored because they have that sort of home field advantage. But overall right now, based on what I saw last week between um, Cincinnati and Cleveland, and then also between Baltimore and Houston. I know it's Houston, but they played really well. They were able to force five sacks on the Houston Texans as well as deal two turnovers. So, yeah, with that uh, you know susceptible offensive line that Cincinnati has, I think Baltimore will be able to build up another great defensive performance as well. And they'll be able to come away with the ease, uh, a, I would say, an easy victory, but it'll be hard fought until the very end when they'll be able to separate. So, yeah, getting the plus three or the plus 150 on the money line, I think those are home run bets. Okay, so I'm going to be totally honest with you. About halfway through that, I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, Bengals plus three, that's a pretty fair money line. And then I went to go look at your notes. I'm like, Ravens plus three, that can't be right. And so then I looked at my go-to sports app, which I will not name because they do not pay us. So if you would like (laughs) to sponsor our podcast, uh, Sportacular, uh, please reach out via email or via social media. Um, I don't know what lines they're using, but they listed Bengals at minus three and a half. Okay. So even bigger. So I'm actually with you, dude. I I'm 100% with you on this one It's like, well, since they look good, the, exactly like what you said, they have enough weaknesses, uh, to exploit. And that is why John Harbaugh still has a job after nearly a decade of Seriously. playing in the NFL is he's very good at it. Like how lucky is AFC North to have arguably the two? Well, I guess Andy Reid. Don't even get me started on Belichick, but I arguably two of the best coaches in the NFL and John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin in the same division. Like that's incredible. And he knows how to exploit those weaknesses. So I'm 100% with you. I think this is a great pick to take is like the Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. Absolutely have a good chance to pull this off. So in terms of spread, I'm staying away, but in terms of money line, not bad. Exactly. Exactly. For them to get favorable odds for the money line, that's a little bit surprising for me. So yeah, I like them to win this game for sure. Um, so yeah, those are our bet picks as well for this week. So yeah, we covered everything. We got your start sits decisions. We got your sports bets as well, your NFL picks. So as we sort of mentioned earlier, we're going to be dropping a special bet from each of us on our social media handles. And the best way you can find out about that pick, because we got some excellent graphics coming your way. Follow us on our social media handles. You'll see it down below. You got me at under the side 23. You got Tad at Tad side 94. Got the show handle at the side guys. And of course on Instagram at the side guys as well. So we will have graphics for all of our sports bets for this week, as well as our DFS value picks for this week. So, I mean, we got you covered on both fronts there for sure. Um, guys, make sure wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure you subscribe or listen to your podcast, whether it's on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, you listen right on the LFA network website as well. Just hit that subscribe button. Always be up to date with our podcast. You're watching us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel so we're always up to date with our videos. And please make sure you're supporting our parent network at LEFP Network as well. They're giving you a lot of great content when it comes to the Chargers and the Rams at the NFL level and the Bruins and the Trojans at the college level. So, guys, I mean, they're giving you a lot of great content there. We're giving you a lot of great content. If we didn't cover anything when it comes to start sits or sports bets, make sure you interact with us on social media. Me and Tad are more than willing to give you advice on a personal level when it comes to your leagues, when it comes to your parlays that you want to build, when it comes to your bets, whatever that you want to do, we're here to help you out. We're here to help you win some money and more importantly, for sure, some fantasy leagues as well. So, guys, make sure you interact with us on all our social media handles. But, guys, to everybody who's already doing all the interaction that you're doing, who's watching the videos, who's listening to our podcast, who's reading our articles that are on LAFBnetwork.com, seriously, guys, we really just can't thank you enough. 
And if you do rely on that, we can't thank you enough. I just want to shout out one of our Twitter followers at DRock Trading. His specific at was for safe moon. Um, sorry, bud. I told you to not start Jordan S. And, and now I will say this though. I will say this. He reached out and he said, okay, it is half a point PPR. So standard PPR, most leagues. Do I start? Jordan Addison, hold on, let me pull up a tweet. Jordan Addison, John Dotson, Gabe Davis, or Elijah Moore? Yes, Jordan Addison did have a good game on Thursday. Do you know how many receptions he had on Thursday, Amar? Three. Three. So had he not caught that touchdown, that would have been a bust of a night. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So while that looks bad on the surface, I am still confident in my selection. I told him either start Gabe Davis or Jahan Dotson. I like Jahan Dotson because, like you said, it's probably going to be a defensive battle. I got to talk to him. We'll wrap this up quickly, but I got to get your justification for this. Elijah Moore? Really? Yeah. I put it in the tweet. I put my direct I know. That's why I know your answer. Elijah Moore? Really? (laughs) Yep. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> All right. I, I wholly disagree with you. But anyway, we will see. And maybe we'll hit him up and see who he ended up starting. Did he end up winning? But I got to give a shout out once again to D-Rock Trading for hitting us up for fantasy advice. It was so much fun doing that. It was so much fun helping you guys. Like, it just look, I'm a teacher. I get I got into that profession to help kids. I want to help you guys because you'll actually listen to me. So unlike my students. So please reach out. Well, some most of them. But reach out to us. For help, whether it be start, sit, trade advice, uh, waiver advice, anything, even if it goes beyond the episodes we record, we're willing to help you, whether it be on Instagram, on Twitter, on don't text us, please don't text us, but on comments on lefbnetwork.com, anything, any way you guys can reach out to us that we can help, please let us know because we love you guys. We appreciate your support. Our numbers have been growing so much since we started this podcast just what about three years ago now. And it's, yeah. it's because of you guys. We're heading into our now, I guess, fourth season, third season. This is our fourth season, I'd probably say. Fourth yes. season. So thank you guys so much. As always, please, everyone, keep listening, keep watching. And as always, please stay safe. Stay safe.